if you are a real estate investor, if you have rental uh, real estate properties or anything like that, and you're struggling because your losses are capped, you make too much money, and so you're not able to take those passive losses, a really good tip and trick for you in this episode that will absolutely help you capture those passive losses and use them to your advantage. That is what most real estate investors are in the industry for is to help their taxes. So if you're not getting those tax deductions, then you really need to listen up to this episode because I've got a really great trick for you. Hey friend, welcome to the Small Business Finance Podcast. Do you want confidence and clarity with your business finances? Do you find yourself up late at night searching for tax deductions, how to track your business finances, or QuickBooks tips? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals, but you end up feeling confused and frustrated because accounting and tax is really boring? Hi, I'm Tiffany. I've heard this so many times from my clients who used to feel this way. They feel overwhelmed about what to do with their numbers and wish they could stop the financial madness. They wanted clarity and the ability to grasp the financial basics, know the protocol when they had a question and to stop worrying about owing money to the IRS. But they thought they weren't good with numbers and the overwhelm kept them stuck without any solid financial plan until they realized that business systems are the ticket to gaining financial confidence. In this podcast, you will learn step-by-step systems, easy to understand financial tips, and mindset transformation so that you will gain financial confidence as an entrepreneur. So dust off your spreadsheet, warm up your coffee, and let's get going. I see it far too often where real estate investors, particularly if you're in the residential real estate um, industry sector, if you will, are not getting to utilize the losses in the real estate If you're a real estate professional, then you're obviously able to get that. But if you aren't able to qualify for that yet, maybe you are new in the space. And so you don't have enough properties, you don't have enough hours. This We're not going to get into the particulars of how you qualify as a real estate professional in this particular episode, that there are rules that you have to follow. Like with everything in the, the tax code, you have to make sure that you are following their rules so that you um, don't get in trouble with the IRS because we definitely don't want you to get in trouble. What I find is that if you're making more money, like real estate is one of those things where a lot of professionals that have good paying jobs, they're looking for a place to park their money, the money that they're making, grab some tax deductions and that sort of thing. And real estate is one of those areas that just, it's all the buzz. You hear people say all the time that it's just a really great thing to do is invest in real estate. I agree. It is a great place to invest your money, get some tax deductions, but the reality is you need to be smart about it. If you were thinking about investing in real estate, maybe you have a high paying W2 job or you're a business owner, but real estate is not your main gig. You're not in any, any sort of industry that would give you the leverage for the real estate professional. I almost said license. It's not license. Um, status. I think that's the right word. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? If you if you can't qualify for that, I really believe that what you should be doing is thinking about let's go for the, like a different angle for this, right? If you are a business owner and you're investing in real estate, my recommendation is that if you were the only person listed as the owner in your business and you're married, to modify that. Okay, what does that look like? Let me back up a little bit and explain this. Real estate income and losses are categorized, if you're not a real estate professional, as passive. What are passive losses and passive income? Essentially, what that means is that you are not active in the business. This is not something that you're like day in and day out, really trying to 
put your time, energy, and effort in. You are actively making money somewhere else. So the IRS limits how much you can get in losses and that sort of thing as a result. And it doesn't take much to get over the income threshold to where you can't take these losses. They don't go anywhere. They stay in your tax return. And eventually, if you sell that property, then you are able to use them at that point, um, at the point that you sell the property. But most people are not in real estate to flip their properties regularly, unless you're a fix and flipper. At that point, it's not investing. It's actually a different business model. So if you are wanting to buy and hold these real estate properties, maybe for retirement or just a long-term play, you're trying to catch the appreciation on these properties, that sort of thing, then you are probably not going to get the benefit of those losses for a long time. That's a problem. That's a major problem. Because you have these deductions on your tax return that you literally can't do anything with. What's the point of holding real estate if you aren't able to actually leverage the tax code to your advantage? That's an issue. So with that in mind, what you need are passive income streams to help offset these passive losses. Again, these are things that are more like investments. You're not actively working day in, day out on these businesses. So you need some passive income to offset the passive losses in your real estate. Okay, well, what does that look like? Where can we get some passive income? I would urge you, if you already have a business, to make your spouse an owner in the business, but make them a minority owner they're not going to be 50-50. They're not going to be the majority, anything like that. They probably need to be somewhere around the, I would say no more than 30% owner, somewhere in between say 15 and 30% owner in your main gig. Depending on how big this business is, you probably want to err on the lower end. They could be as low as a 5% or 10% owner in the business. They don't have to be even 30%, depends. If you've got a multi-million dollar business and it's bringing in quite a bit of income, then lower ownership percentage. If you have a smaller business that is not making as much income, they may need a little bit more, but don't go over 30% or so. What that does is you can indicate on the tax return of your business, whether it's an escort partnership, whatever that is, where they're getting a K-1, this needs to be a pass-through business entity. I need to be really clear about that. You have to get a K-1 from that business that's then going to be put on your personal tax return. I wanted to take a moment really quick to let you know that the Tax Savings Institute is live. I am super excited about this. This has been uh, very much in the works for years. I have wanted to put together some sort of a course where I can teach you all of my tips and tricks and the things that I know. Up until this point, I've never shared it with honestly anyone. I mean, even my tax clients that I have helped them reduce their taxes, I do the work, but I've not really taught them how to do it all, how to take control, really implement these tax savings on their own at this level. Go sign up for the Tax Savings Institute now. Take your small business finance in your own hands, your tax savings in your own hands. Go sign up. It's super affordable. Not only do you get all of my tips and tricks and all the savings and all the things that I do for my clients that I work with one-on-one, 
you get it for a fraction of the cost. This is honestly, it's so super cheap that I've been told I'm crazy for offering it this cheap. So go uh, in the link in the podcast, sign up for it. When you do it right now, you actually also get a live Zoom with me twice a month and you can come on and ask whatever questions that you have of me. Honestly, my hourly rate is a lot more than even this one module of the Tax Savings Institute. So if you're able to come on and leverage my time on these Zooms and bring the questions that you have, it's just a no-brainer. So go into the podcast notes right now, sign up for the Tax Savings Institute, and I promise you won't regret it. If your spouse owns a minority interest, you want to make sure your CPA, your tax preparer is indicating on their K-1, your spouse's K-1, that they are a passive owner. Super important. When they indicate on that K-1 that they're a passive owner, what that does is that all of a sudden, ding, 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 you have passive income on your tax return, on your 1040 through your spouse that then offsets the passive losses for real estate. And now they offset each other. And now you're able to utilize the losses on your 1040 that previously were just stuck and you couldn't do anything with them. And so by going and making this one little shift, all of a sudden you've got the passive income that you need to be able to utilize these losses. I think a lot of people don't think about this. Um, It's a lesser known strategy. Frankly, it's one that Um, I guess about a year ago, I brought on a client that he was in this situation. He knew that they wanted to continue adding on real estate to their portfolio. They had, let's see, they had like three rental houses and then like one commercial property. The commercial property he uses in his main gig, his main business, like that business rents that commercial property out. He had losses from his properties that he couldn't use as a result. And so I just got to thinking about it and realized that, hey, we've actually got this spouse that doesn't have current, like has no current ownership in the business, doesn't work in the business, doesn't do anything in the business. And we could utilize passive income through her as an owner. And it works. It has worked well. You want to make sure that you don't get too aggressive with the ownership and things like that. And be really careful if if your spouse actually works in your business. It's not to say that you can't do this if they do work in the business, but they need to be an employee. This is not going to be someone who is actively operating the business or managing the business or managing uh, growth and things like that. Just that will also strongly caution you to make sure that they truly are a passive owner. But it is well within your rights as the owner of your business to change the ownership And that other owner, when they're not in the day-to-day operations of the business, is by definition a passive owner. The other thing that I would say is if you are a high income earner and you're working in corporate or something like that, maybe you make multi-six figures and you've gotten into real estate as a way to leverage the tax code and get deductions, my recommendation is that you start another business as well to generate this business entity that I just laid out where you have a spouse and you're able to allow them to have passive income as a result of it and strongly consider doing something like that. Or the flip side is rather than starting a business, why not invest in another business? Find an actual business, whether it's the liquor store down the road or the um, dry cleaner down the road or some other business, 
find a business that you can invest in, something that would be a good business investment of your money. And when you do that, then also you would be getting a K-1 as long as their taxes and S corp or a partnership, most likely you would be a partnership in this situation, but you could also be an S corp as well. But then you would also be getting a K-1. And since you're not in the day-to-day operations of that business, then you would also be a passive owner and getting a K-1 with passive income associated with it. And if it's a business that is profitable, then it's income, it's not a loss. So you you do want it to be something that is profitable or has the ability to be profitable fairly quickly to start generating income on that K-1. So that's the other option. Um, if you are a W-2 earner and um, either are not married or don't want to start a business, but the trick is creating a way to have a passive income so that that passive income can offset the passive losses that you have in real estate. So I hope this has been helpful for you and helped you kind of think of things a different way um, so that you can capture these losses that are likely just hanging out in your tax return and you're getting zero benefit from. Um, If you have enjoyed this podcast, as always, um, it just is, I just appreciate it so much. If you leave me a five-star review, Um, you can do so in Apple really easily. If you don't know how to do that, just Google it super easy. They do kind of hide it just a touch. So um, you kind of have to scroll all the way down, whatever, but Google it and you can get some instructions on how to do it. But that helps me a ton to um, reach more people so that they are able to gain knowledge and take control of their own finances, just like you are and the whole reason why you are here. And also, please share this episode. If you have found value in this podcast, stop right now, share it with your bestie or whoever um, you think would benefit from this. And uh, that way it also, the word gets out as well. Don't keep the knowledge all to yourself. Uh, Way too many people I find need help with their small business finances, which is the whole reason why I started this podcast. So with that said, I appreciate your time today and I can't wait until next time. See you then.